today on Locked on Ducks. The Ducks head back to the second half of the season at SAP Center and it's Bell Let's Talk Day. All of this on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings on this Wednesday. This is Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast covering the OC's favorite hockey team. You'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday. And check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. You can check out previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher Radio. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Go ahead and do it now. Do it. Do it now. Subscribe if you haven't already. So I haven't talked about the Ducks game yet. I know the Ducks are back and there's a lot to go over just on the past few days. Yes, there was the NHL All-Star game. I didn't talk much about that. There was also a Ducks game on Monday, which I did not see because, you know, I was at the AHL All-Star game, which we talked about on yesterday's show. And in fact, later on on this podcast, we'll have more of that interview with Sarah Avampado from Locked on Kings. But let's go into Monday night's game at SAP Center, which I didn't actually watch until last night. You know, again, busy with AHL stuff, all the festivities going on. So I didn't have time to watch it yesterday morning. But what I saw wasn't that good for the Ducks. In fact, it was downright ugly. Uh, first period, Stefan Nosen got his third goal of the year only a minute and a, about two minutes in to make it one nothing San Jose. And then later on, Patty Moe, Patrick Marlowe got an unassisted goal his ninth of the season to make it 2 nothing Sharks. And by the way, on one of those goals in the first period, it was kind of a stupid goal where Josh Manson, um, he tried to clear the puck from his own defensive end. And he did a cardinal sin. He passed it right towards the middle of the ice, like towards the goal. What What is a cardinal rule? You do not pass it towards your own goal unless you know there's someone there. And there was absolutely no one for the Ducks there. You know, Josh Manson's got to be a little bit more aware of that. I don't know if I want to call that, you know, just rust because the Ducks hadn't played in almost two weeks. I know they've practiced. But there is something to say about that kind of rust. For a young for a young team like the Ducks, you know, that's kind of not good. It's also not good when one of your leaders on the team is not present, but we'll get to that in a second. In the second period, Andre Kasha, he's trying to pull a San Diego goals by scoring a shorty. Uh, Brent Burns was there trying to get the loose puck. And this was halfway through the second period, by the way. Uh, the Ducks were on the penalty kill. And what happens was, you know, Burns was trying to get the puck on the blue line and trying to gather it, trying to gather the zone. But then Eric Goodbranson, he kind of poked at it and knocked it away. And as the puck was entering the neutral zone, Andre Kasha was there to pick up the loose change. And he sprinted down the ice, uh, down the right side. And he kind of did a little fake, another fake to his right, went to his left, and then had a nice backhanded roofer to make it 2-1 to one San Jose. And I got to give credit to Andre Kasha for having patience, taking time, and really getting Arundel off his skates and off balance a little bit. Arundel would have gotten him beat on the first fake, but that second fake, you know, Arundel bit, and Kasha just took advantage and cut the lead in half. But then six minutes later, Patty Moe is back. Patrick Marlowe, Getting his own rebound, assist went to Dylan on that one. And, you know, 
Brendan Dillon, he just did what he's told to do. Just get the puck towards the net. Patrick Marlowe, nice little rebound from behind the net. Then another rebound to make it 3-1 to one San Jose. Yeah, the Ducks are not looking too good to start off the second half of the season. It was just downright bad, to be honest. You know, San Jose isn't exactly leading in the standings either. In fact, they're third from last as far as the standings in the Pacific Division. You know, you got to win these type of games. Not saying that San Jose is a great team. You know, San Jose, they are what they are. They're towards the bottom. They have 48 points in the standings. They're still about nine games back of the rest of the pack. You know, they're right there with Anaheim and LA. It is what it is. The third period wasn't much better. Stefan Notion, he got his fourth of the season, his second of the game, to make it 4-1 to one San Jose. Uh, towards the end of the game, with about a minute and a half left, Ducks won on the power play. Nick Ritchie, who's now back, by the way. You know, so good to see Nick Ritchie back on the ice for the Ducks. He gets a power play goal to make it 4-2, to two, and that would be your final score. 4-2 to two San Jose. The Ducks' two-game winning streak comes to an end. But when you have that long of a layoff... It's all a new streak. It's a new beginning and not a good one for the Ducks who fall further in the standings. The Kings play tonight at Staples Center. They could overtake the Ducks in the standings. Let's go over some stats really quickly. Uh, the Sharks outshot the Ducks 31-28. to It was all special teams for Anaheim. If it wasn't for special teams, the Ducks would have been shut out. They were 1-for-2 on the power play and that power play goal was a nice one. Uh, because Hampus Lindholm got it from the blue line. And this was a lot of passing on this power play, a lot of movement. Lindholm got it from the blue line, passed it over to Sam Steele towards the left side. And Steele had two options there. He could have passed it to Andre Kasha, who was down the middle. But instead, he passed it to Nick Ritchie just past Kasha. Nick Ritchie was all the way on the right side. So it was a perfect, perfect cross-ice pass. And Nick Ritchie had a nice little dangle there. And just found the top corner. Perfect shot. Great to see Nick Ritchie back in the lineup from injury. And good to see some of the players finally getting healthy. You know, Kasha is back now. Uh, Nick Ritchie is back. The Elite 1C, Derek Grant is back. You know, good good to see him back. Uh, Troy Terry is back up with the Ducks. Let's see how that goes. And you also had, you know, um, Holzer. Fowler's back, by the way. Manson's playing. The Ducks are pretty much almost a complete team. They were missing one key component to their lineup, which we will talk about on the second part of this episode. But first, I want to talk about how you, the listener, can get your business on the air for Locked on Ducks. And if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked on to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked on Ducks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ducks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ducks fans in Anaheim and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Ducks podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So if you're a local business, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com forward slash advertising so once again text the word advertising to double three 
777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-777-
And for those of you that don't know what Bell Let's Talk is, um, it's the Canadian Initiative. It's their awareness campaign um, to raise awareness, you know, to pretty much get rid of the stigma surrounding mental illness in Canada. You know, the U.S. doesn't have as big of a thing here, which is a shame. It is a really big shame that there is not something of this magnitude in the U.S. But, you know, I'm glad Canada has it at least. And it's a huge commitment to mental health in Canada. And it started back in 2011, just as a small thing where it was originally going to be, you know, five years, 50 million, you know, to help drive action in mental health care. You know, that's how it was. And then it was renewed five years later in 2015 for another five years. And now it's becoming an annual thing where the campaign is about $100 million strong. And they're trying to get as many interactions as possible. So if you're on Twitter today, do us all a favor. You know, I have several colleagues that live in Canada. I have several friends that live in Canada. Um, I'll just say that I have colleagues that suffer from mental health issues. And this is very, very important. It's a very important um, campaign. So when you go on Twitter today... Use the hashtag Bell Let's Talk. And for every time that you use that hashtag, Bell will donate five cents towards mental health research. And if you get, let's say, a million hashtags out there with Bell Let's Talk, that's five million nickels. Doing the quick math, you know, it's, you know, for every 20 retweets, that's a dollar. For every 200 retweets, that is $10. For every 200,000 retweets, that's $10,000 going towards mental health research. There's going to be millions and millions of people using the hashtag Bell Let's Talk today. And it's a very worthy cause and a great campaign to have to try to end the stigma surrounding mental health. And that's all I have to say about that. Coming up after the second intermission... We'll have more with the interview with Sarah Avampado. Yes, there's a lot of audio, and I'm going to play some more of that after the second intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I know I talked about this last time. Sarah and I talked for a very long time. And here's a little bit more of that interview, some more audio from that interview taking place after the All-Star Game. And in this particular segment of audio, we talked in great deal about the mascots of the American Hockey League. Yes, we talked about different mascots from all around the league and how I almost got attacked by one of them. So enjoy this audio, folks. But so, yeah, not a huge Bakersfield representation, although their scary mascot was there. Um, and I'm telling everyone now I'm going to end up caving and doing a whole show just on mascots because <laughs> I will have to do the same because both Sarah and I took pictures of the mascots at the mascot fanfare. <laughs> uh, they were the first ones to come down the red carpet. And by the way, this was a very nice, nicely done yeah. red carpet. You know, just looking at a picture, you know, you had like the checkers. There is a lot of goals fans along the whole so north many. side of the barricade. I counted maybe a hundred goals fans by themselves. Yeah, yeah. And you had the Checkers mascot, the Marlies were there, Bakersfield Condor, yeah, he was there. That's fine. 
the moose, yes. the, the, the amerks. Yeah, whatever is Lehigh Valley, whatever their Muppet is supposed to be. I, um, I no don't want to really go... Knows. I don't want to go too public about this, <laughs> but when I was down in the corridors, I got accosted by the Lehigh Valley Phantoms mascot who nearly threw popcorn at me. Kind of as a joke. So if you're listening, Lehigh Valley mascot, I laughed about it. I was frightened for a split second. (laughs) But you were very cold throughout the weekend. And even on the concourse when I was going up with the rest of the fans, he kind of like bear clawed me. Like he kind of like almost did a choke, like a playful chokehold. And I just kind of had to laugh it off like... You're hilarious. Yes. We had big, we had a big debate up in the press box about what the Texas Stars mascot is. Um, oh, Ringo! Its name is Ringo, and it's a ringtail, which is kind of a raccoony fox kind of creature. It is a real creature. If you Google ringtail, um, their mascot costume is very accurate. It is. Uh, it's a cartoony version, but it is very accurate to what the actual animal is. But um, I had to go and ask a Stars reporter who I know, please tell me what your mascot is. We're dying <laughs> up here. Um, and so, you know, that uh, Tux, the penguin from Wilkes-Barre Scranton, uh, stole yeah. popcorn from a, a Kings fan that I know and uh, talked to on Twitter. Uh, yeah. who, he gave me a warning <laughs> to basically say, stay away from the penguin. He's stealing things. Um, Apparently he does that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think that the, there was mascot hockey at one of the intermissions. There was. There on was. On the first intermission. Yes. And, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did go up to the Hershey Bears mascot at first. The first thing I said to him was, his name is Coco, by the way. And I made a very famous quote from one of my favorite movies of all time. Can you guess what one of my favorite movies of all time is? Based on what I just said. I mean, all I can think is four for you, Glenn Coco. But yes. I, okay, I, so I thought I was going to be very I, wrong. I was, I was a math major. <laughs> oh, and, now it makes sense. And I often quote that scene where the limit does not exist. <laughs> I used to, you know, tutor calculus kids, and I teach about limits. And when I got to that part about differentials and limits, I would say, "Yeah, it doesn't exist because they're going opposite ways." They're like, "Wait, why does it sound familiar?" And I told them, yeah, the limit does not exist. And I repeated it, and they still didn't get it. No, the children. Like, oh, there's kids these days that don't know what Mean Girls is, and that's sad. They just see, like, the gifts on Twitter as, like, reaction gifts. So I go up to the Hershey Bears mascot, and I say, you go, Glenn Coco. And what I was prepared for was he just kind of, like, playfully shoved me. (laughs) And then after, like, a few seconds later, he kind of had me in the back, like, all right, you're all right. (laughs) Like... I'm sure he's heard that before yeah, yeah, several probably. times. But yeah, even the Roadrunners mascot was yeah. really cool. Um, yeah, they... Oh, I don't know if you saw, but they had a little, like, uh, banner at the end of the red carpet. We can get pictures of all of them. And Ringo... Ringo was very popular, but the Lehigh Valley mascot scared the living crap out of me. Because <laughs> I still don't know what he is. But he was super playful the whole time. I didn't know what to make of yeah, him. And like predates Gritty, obviously, but in Lehigh Valley is the is Philadelphia's AHL organization. Uh, this mascot has been along been around a long time before Gritty, but it is also a large orange shaggy thing that like jiggles its belly when it dances and yeah. is cut, like they're cut from the same cloth, let's say. Um, and also very indiscernible monsters. <laughs> exactly. And if you guys hear the 
podcast that I did with S. Preston, which you could hear on the Lockdown Podcast Network, by the way. Um, last Tuesday, I did an interview with S. Preston, who's the minimalist artist for the NHL, and he has a whole mascot <laughs> collection. I don't know if you saw the thing I saw I a couple of them, but yeah. Yeah. So we had a little discussion on Tuesday's show about Gritty. And he says, yeah, some of the mascots really hate him. And there was like a whole insider thing, which I won't repeat on here. (laughs) I will just repeat what was said on air, that some of the mascots, you know, are a little bit not jealous, but they're like, you come into the scene and you have this kind of impact. Oh, he's the young upstart that everyone's mad at. I love it. I mean, Mascot drama. I mean, there's other stuff that I can't say <laughs> on here. Just suffice it to say, there's some resentment there. There's other mascot drama, which you guys can't see it, but Sarah is very excited about the mascot fact that drama. there is mascot drama. She's like, this exists? I love it. I, love, I want a whole book on this. Th- this does exist. <laughs> We go into it slightly on my episode, which you're probably not going to listen to, huh? Absolutely. Like, this is a thing? Yeah. I've a got thing. a long drive tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. You could listen to Locked On Ducks. Uh, but they were all very cool. Yeah. Um, that whole red carpet thing was cool. The players coming in was yeah. very cool. Um, obviously, Marty Furk got a big ovation. Cal Peterson got yeah. a big ovation. All the goals fans rooted for their guys. You know, Weidman. Was popular. Yeah. Anthony Stolarz yes. is very quickly becoming such a fan favorite in San Diego, <laughs> and it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's. I'm familiar with him from his time uh, on the East Coast, and uh, knowing a lot of people who followed him on the on the Phantoms and in Philadelphia system, and uh, he endured a lot of booze <laughs> over the yeah. weekend from Rain fans who rightfully were like. You play for our rival. Uh, yeah, got, so, uh, like the Sunday <laughs> Skills Competition, he got the loudest. Boost. Oh yeah, it and he he so... just he soaked it up. He he looked like he was enjoying it, and then he kind of raised his hands a little bit. Yeah, he was like, like "Give me more, give me come more." On, go but for it. yeah, I think by the end of the weekend, uh, especially with his play in net, I think he really uh, won over some Rain fans. I don't yeah. think they'll ever root for him again. <laughs> that was very fun audio to listen to. Uh, don't forget, you can download today's podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And I thank you all for your comments during the All-Star game itself. It was fantastic. Uh, I especially loved Harrison Lee saying that I called it for the hardest shot. And I had... You know, a great deal of fun. I was very glad to work it. So thanks, everyone, for reaching out and giving your comments on that. Um, if, you want to ch- if you want to chat hockey with me, hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And I want to give a shout out to some of the new fans that are listening that I met at All-Star Weekend. It was fantastic. You guys visiting from places like Lehigh Valley. I met a couple great, great fans from Chicago. They were just fantastic. Um, I gave a little piece of San Diego to a couple of those fans, and they were very appreciative. Uh, The Lehigh Valley people, they got to meet Stolars. They got to meet a couple of their guys, which I thought was great. And then I met a couple people from Chicago, Lucas and Karen. You know, they were fantastic visiting from Chicago. So once again, thank you all for listening. Thanks for the support. 
And on this Wednesday, I'll simply say for Locked on Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great Wednesday. Try to have a great Wednesday. I'll see you at the arena. And Kobe and Jana, we miss you and love you.